good, James? Okay. Yeah, you're well, good, man. Okay, cool. All right, then uh, <laughs> I'll start it off. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Please Don't Fire Us with Alex and... What? Okay. Cool. Great. <laughs> Great. Off to a good start, James. Uh, <laughs> okay, it's a little rough. Um, hey, everybody. Uh, how's it going? Um, yeah. Oh, I just I just popped so hard. I don't, I, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, why are you having such a hard time with this? I, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's done this intro like fourteen times. Yeah, but I, I I never we never agreed to an intro that was not a thing that we decided. We didn't sit down one day. We weren't like. I know. That's yeah. the best part. In fact, though. we. In fact, I kind of distinctly remember us saying we were not going to do an intro. Ever? And then no, you said that. You said that, and I yeah, was like, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. But you didn't. You didn't protest. No, I always liked the idea that I would say something, and then you would just try to find some way to not say your own name. I. And then people were like, "Is James actually on this podcast?" <laughs> like, I don't even know. I don't think they're going to be confused about that. I wish they were. Yeah, I think if they listen to the podcast, they know what the deal is. Anyway, we have a guest on today, um, and uh, he's a dear, dear friend of mine. Uh, Zach, hey Zach, what's going on? Hey guys, thanks for hey. having me on the oh, on man. the show, dude. Your voice like just resonates. Damn. Yeah, we're I'm being outclassed. <laughs> we were outclassed yesterday. <laughs> we're outclassed today. This is rough. Get out of here. It's all fake. Yeah. It else is it's all not, fake. It's not real. It's fake yeah. news. Yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, thanks for coming on. Um, it's my pleasure. Yeah, Zach uh, is a good friend of mine. Uh, we went to college together. Uh, we stayed in the same room. And we have the same hole in our chest. We do. Um, I, yeah. think, I think that Zach's friend once gave me drugs. That's what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a likely story. <laughs> Hopefully they were uh, good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, yeah. you had a good night. I, know, I, I don't really ever uh, experience MDMA or MDA because I would just always be drinking so much that like it just drowns out. just kind of fades like into the thing? oblivion. That's like a thing. Like, yeah. I think it becomes a, a different chemical. Or maybe that's cocaine. Yeah. I get these things confused. You like can't roll when you, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. You just um, got to take more, I guess. I, I guess. You There's do. a great photo, actually. Uh, oh I'll be referring to Alex. I don't know if he goes by Alex or on the oh, show. It's, it's probably, wait, probably, wait, as, wait, as wait, oh. wait, we're going to have to bleep all that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to call you Alex. Yeah. Just yeah. Call me yeah Alex. Sorry. Anyways, we forgot this. to, we forgot to say. I know. I feel rules. like, I, I feel like I did. We don't say our last names. That's, that's, um, yeah. Yeah. Totally understand. And, and, and we like, we've kind of put up this artificial wall between like, our personal social, uh, our podcast social, and our personal social, and our jobs, and like, yes, it's probably findable. That's not a challenge to you, motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> but uh, but but like, if you do do, if you do, leave us alone. Us. We don't want to get fired. It's in the name. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you guys. Yeah, it's in the name, right? Yeah. But but Alex, the there uh, there's a photo. It's gonna of be us so hard for you. I know. It's, it's <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm reconditioning myself <laughs> right now. There's this great photo I, that resurfaced the other day. I don't know how, but it's on my maybe it's on my phone of us at a party at college, drunk yeah. with our shirts off, and we're like pointing to our chest holes yes. with the big thumbs up. Oh, yeah, yes. and it's like it's probably one of my favorite pictures <laughs> that I have. That's I awesome. I just wanted to share that. Uh, I still, that I still have that picture. That's a great picture. I need to see that again. I'll, I'll show it, it to you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I I like was so nervous about my uh helmet and like so self-conscious about it but then like i started like living with you and then i was like yeah you know what it doesn't fucking matter it anymore. doesn't matter yeah, it there really are doesn't. there are no rules it, it makes no, you it makes you different it's kind of a cool story it's great. it's great i literally had my sister uh two weeks ago um call me when i was like i like threw my back out like two weeks ago because i'm old finally it finally happened i'm old that's the marker um, yeah and i was like sitting on my couch just like kind of relaxing i was like i don't want i want the pain to go away my sister calls me and she's just like hey alex my friends 
want to know what did you put in your hole? Like, what have you put in there? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, like what food, other things? Like, you know, have you ever done this? And they started naming like, you know, a bunch of things. Like, I, I, you know, I did. I actually did. I was like, yeah, I did that. I also did this too on a hot <laughs> summer day. I also did this. No, I haven't done Jello yet. No, because I got to f- put myself in a fridge. To get myself to settle <laughs> and cool. And my what about when it's just like really cold outside? Well, again, I have to like my internal yeah, body Yeah, you have to like deal with the cold. I'd have to yeah. literally be dead uh, for work. <laughs> you know what, Alex? <laughs> I promise you this. What? <laughs> when you die, I'm going to come by and I'm going to make yes. jello. No, actually, yeah. yes. And you know what? Jello wait, wait, wait. I'm going to do it. Wait, yeah, yeah. So the, the mortician's going to have done the whole thing, right? Yeah. Put the makeup on, all that shit. Then I'm going to like open up your shirt and make jello in it. <laughs> And then, and then your family's gonna like open up the casket and see a bunch of jello. No, what you should do is do that, but then close the shirt back up. And then when you go to my uh, to warn me, you'd be like, "Oh, Alex. <laughs> take a spoon. <laughs> I miss you so much." <laughs> you ever try to cry when you're eating jello, dude? It's really uh, tough. Wait, what? <laughs> It's impossible. Yeah, you're right. No, it's it impossible. It's, yeah, it's yeah. proven to be impossible. It's proven to be impossible. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna try though for you. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Got him. Zach, do you want to do this uh, with me too? I'm down. Do yeah. I, admittedly, you do have a slightly deeper, different angle hole. Yours is different. Yeah. It's because I mine juts out and it goes in, so Damn. it's kind of hard to store things because yeah. it's just huh. the, the physics of it doesn't it doesn't work out too well. Um, yeah, because your hole makes it look like you got like upper upper like thing. It makes you look it, like you have a chest. It makes, like a really it, makes big it look chest. like I have a chest, and then it's like <laughs> oh chest, and then it's like oh hole. It and it's like what's going on? Yeah, but yeah. you know what? Uh, I started having fun with it, and you know, you, you sleep with someone for the first time, and uh, mm-hmm. it's like, well, what's that? It's like, oh, I used to have to explain it, and it was kind of weird, and then I was like, well, I should just have fun with it. Yeah, and so I just started making up stories about it, <laughs> and uh, and I, I was rolling with like the shark bite for a while, and mm-hmm. the thing is, it's like huh. it's it's such a thing that's yeah. weird and you're in this vulnerable place with this person. And so they're not going to really question the, sure. the, the validity of your tale. Yeah. So you could really, I would, I would milk it. Right. It's like, like <laughs> what am I supposed to know? What a, what a shark bite. Yeah. Is yeah. Like, oh, you're going to yeah. tell me that because there are teeth marks, it's not a shark bite. Have you ever been bitten by a shark? It's like, yeah, it's yeah. a prosthetic tit. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? You never know. I always Man. tried, um, uh, this is in middle school. This was when I was like, you know, being into someone, but I always be like, you know, yeah, I just like fell in a pole. like in a, I would always use the same place too, like somewhere around uh, Disney world or something like that. I don't know why Disney world made sense to me. Which is that, like yeah. a believable story. Yeah. Well, it was half believable because I always started with, I got lost in Disney world, which is true. Mm-hmm. And then I would say this is how I got my hole. So when people like wanted to fact check me, if they went to my parents, because you know, whatever, sure. they'd be like, you oh, know, yeah, yeah, we definitely were in Disney world. I'd be like, okay, so it's true. First step of the story checks out. You got to have one kernel of truth in every lie and then yeah. you pull it off. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's why, uh, yeah, that's why uh, I always get away with all my lies. Yep. Cool. We know your, we know your secret. Now. Yeah, you live in a house of cards. Thank yeah. you. That's a bad. I don't even know you. I don't want to think of Kevin Spacey anymore. Yeah. Oh. Canceled. Uh, R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Oh, man. My friend has this. This will be quick. My friend has yeah. this theory about Kevin Spacey. My my roommate, Andrew, mm-hmm. uh, who also I call by his last name, so I had to check myself there real quick. Okay. Uh, so he thinks that. That's the one I was talking about. Yeah, it probably was him. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. him. Uh, every he has this theory. He also has a theory that everyone is really played by Daniel Day Lewis, including all of us right now. Uh, but wow! <laughs> it explodes. Wow! Um, Wait, so think about it. There's that scene in Being John Malkovich where they're all John Malkovich, but really they're all Daniel, Daniel Day Lewis. Damn! Right? That's some heady shit. Man. All right. <laughs> when, when did he come to this conclusion? And where? And where? Probably on the same drugs that he gave you. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't Fair remember, enough. but I liked it yeah. enough to remember it. And we've kind of riffed on it over the years. But uh, he had another one somewhat recently. We were talking about Kevin Spacey, and he he was like, you know what, man? I was thinking about Kevin Spacey the other day, and I and I realized that he was really trying to tell us all along about his demons. Look at all of his roles. And he started oh walking through all the Kevin Spacey roles and he strung it together, waxing poetic into this stream Wait, okay, where so, yeah, yeah, American have, Beauty is American clearly Beauty. very obvious. Clearly very obvious, yeah. right? Yeah. Even K-Pax. Like, and he was, he was oh, grasping psh. on some of them. And it's but like, what about, all right, what Kaiser about Soze? Kaiser Soze, Kaiser Soze yeah. right? Where does Baby Driver fall into that? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a little less No, tender, well, but. I mean, hold on. Baby Driver. Oh, like it's in the name, dude. Doesn't I don't. Drive, and that kid, like, babies, uh, yeah, that kid is like, you know, eight-year-old. Fair enough. No, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a very good the point. Kids, little twink over there. I'm sure <laughs> that little twink. Yeah, that Kevin Spacey, you know, definitely was thinking about it. That's on for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about the uh, tape he did where he tried to uh, pretend to be um, uh, 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 from House of Cards? Um, where he was trying oh, to I didn't like, watch that but what the fuck yeah yeah does that, count, does that count in his uh, filmography because it should because it's absolutely gold that's amazing but that's right up there with the uh, R. Kelly song where he pretty much like admits what he like admits everything he did mm-hmm. and he's like I'm sorry but like kind of I'm not really sorry oh my god imagine being the <laughs> PR point person for these celebrities like Dude, I told you not to. Uh, yeah. like, that's like Trump, yeah. really, but it's like you know, yeah. I, yeah. I definitely learned this uh, past couple of years what a good apology is like because everyone's doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> just don't do any of that. You'll probably be uh, okay. No, it's it's never it's never just like but it's just like no. We just want to hear your apology. Right, right, just right. Like start with that. The one yeah. guy I'm told did it correctly was uh, Dan Harmon. Um, so yeah. do y'all follow this? Like, do you ever uh, listen to his um, podcast, Harmontown? A little bit. I'm yeah. familiar, but not very. Yeah. Familiar. So there was like a moment, like I think about a year ago. Um, but uh, I think that Dan Harmon like came out in support of Me Too and was like, you know, men have to stop being assholes or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And then this um, woman that he used to work with like added him on Twitter and was like, uh, "Oh, really, Dan Harmon? You know?" And it was just kind of this ominous like. Mm, I wonder what she's talking about And so he took it upon himself On his podcast To explain exactly what happened And what it was He said said that like He was in charge of her He was like Infatuated with her And he like He like kept making advances and stuff He like would make excuses for them To like work together And like when she rejected him He treated her like shit And like all this stuff And in his apology He was like um, he was like, be careful, like watch yourself because you can get away with stuff and you can find yourself getting away with stuff and like how, like when you're in a position of power, you can like take advantage of that. And like, you know, he said like all this thing and you know, just like saying essentially like, you know, own up to your stuff, like in a more, uh, I th- yeah. Way. yeah like, I, I think, I think he was saying that like and he was he, also just like, yeah. you know, speaking towards like, you know, and she was like, this is an amazing apology. And she actually like retweeted the podcast and was like, this is a great example of what a good apology is like. So yeah. I can't say that I know the difference really <laughs> between a good apology and a bad apology. Sure. Cause like part of me was like, well, this is still a little bit self-serving. Right. Right. But, um, but, well, there's, uh, there's, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot though that like, all right, like, uh, I know I, I got my like, taste for what a bad apology is too because uh um my uh, partner brooke she's really into uh, the bachelor <laughs> and a lot of people who go on the bachelor lately have especially like since me too have been like 
well, just like twi- having Twitter in general, they all like get bought. All their bad tweets get pu- uh, put up, and like w- before the season's even over, you can like you know kind of uh, uh, have the season spoiled for you if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, some people will just like get spoiled and then go to their Twitter to see like you know are they really like a good person? And you find 2013 or something like that, they'll say something that you're just like. No, you know, so and so and a lot of them will be like, you know, look, that was just me at a different time. But to be fair and then like, you know, stuff like that or like even even on a different subject, just the way they treat like the uh, uh, Bachelorette or the Bachelor uh, on the show, like when they are like trying to like win their affection over. It's a lot of bullshit. Yeah. But it's but at the end of the day, it's great to like show that because it's not it doesn't need to be just a celebrity. It needs to be like a celebrity, the 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 reality star who gets their five minutes of fame, you know, how they handle it. It's the same way that a uh, well, because like how anybody would handle it, right? Yeah, right. yeah. Did but, you guys see the Aziz Ansari stand-up that he did where he came back and he kind of made a? I didn't watch the whole thing, but no, I, I saw the, yeah. the the moment beginning, that you're yeah, about. yeah, the yeah. top of the episode. What did you think about that? I mean, you know, I, hey, like, uh, yeah, I think I think that was good because like um, he seemed to be taking it seriously, right? Yeah, and uh, he seemed really fucking shell shocked. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that was the vibe I got. Yeah, too. yeah. Well, Emma, I was following the his Instagram. Because, uh, like, right after that, you know, happened, um, this, the story that came out, he was gone off off of social media for a while. I mean, came back doing a bunch of small shows in, like, Europe, I think, or something like that. And the first few posts were just, like, you know, comments on it were just, like, hey, we haven't heard your apology. or like, you know, a real apology or something like that. Like, it was a little critical of him, yeah. to be fair. But mm-hmm. those things slowly faded away. And I, I didn't see the special you're talking about, but, like... It definitely. Uh, I don't know if that was the reason why they all faded away, but eventually, like I didn't. I, you can like go to his uh, post; you won't see anyone like kind of like bring that up anymore. Sure, kind well, of just gotten like forgotten about. He he, he was yeah. That's the thing too. Yeah. Like he was never famous enough to like fall as hard as like you know a Louis C.K. A Louis or something. C.K. Yeah. yeah. Um. But that's what's crazy is like it was kind of like Aziz's moment, and that moment, you know, and and. You know, I think it is important we have those discussions about just like generally being a creep and the harm that that can do. But it's also like, well, to what extent do brown Asian guys often get typed as being creeps and like fall, like take more uh, consequences for this type of stuff than, mm-hmm. yeah. So, to that, I, I like, I don't know. I kind of feel like it's weird. And, um, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. Anyway, this is a. Uh I don't know how we got on this subject matter, but Me it's fine anyway. <laughs> nice. Here we are. There we go. Oh. <laughs> Sorry about that. Very nice. No worries, man. Got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, hook up with some paper towel. Yeah, paper that's towels. cool in general. There we go. Um, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's a heavy. That's a heavy thing. Yeah. I know it's heavy, but it's good to um, talk about. Here, I'll take. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cool. 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 I wanted to talk, Zach. Uh, so, like, this is the re- this is what I approached you with when I was like talking to you about uh, doing this uh, episode. Because mm-hmm. um, at the time that we were doing this, you uh, at the time we were doing this, there was the Amazon fires that were going on, the uh, forest fires that were going on in the Amazon, and Bolsonaro was being Bolsonaro, right? And they're I'd, both still happening. 
They're both still happening. I know they yeah. didn't stop happening. Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. still happening. Yeah. <laughs> well, you look at the social well, media. Well, at you might, the you time, might. it was important to the news. It was exactly. now it was, it was important, important, important to the world, anymore. but it, it just yeah. for the general record, it, they're both still. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know, yeah, which is always but, such a great thing. But yeah, sorry. But yeah, anyway, no, it's fine. Um, it was uh, something that I was like, oh yeah, I knew you. You you like uh, posted something about like you wrote that. When exactly did you uh, you wrote something about this? I just want to. I'm trying to get at. Yeah, so that was uh, shortly before Bolsonaro was elected. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, and you were talking about. So it's been some time since I I published that piece. But. Right. Wow. So would you say that you kind of knew, to an extent, that this was gonna, that things were gonna go bad? Uh, yeah. I I had a pretty strong premonition just looking at what was already occurring in that in that uh, climate and landscape, political climate, and uh, and the history of deforestation, especially like in the most recent past, um, because Brazil was a pretty good leader throughout the nineties of reversing a lot of the damage that was being done and the deforestation that was being done. And then in the <clears throat> mid to late two thousands, there was a big reversal of that. So the past decade, it's been getting critically worse, but with Bolsonaro rising to power and it seeming likely that he was going to become the leader. Yeah. Uh, it looked pretty, pretty fucking bad. Yeah. It yeah. does look pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and now I, obviously he's in charge and it's yeah. gotten a lot worse. I mean, this summer alone, it's been worse than like three years, the past three years, just yeah. this summer. I know like Brazil suffers from a very weird uh, uh, geography, right? Like they just like have such a hard time like building and growing because uh, uh, they have the Amazon rainforest just like it behind them at all times, right? Mm-hmm. How do they, what is the solution and that includes de- uh, not doing deforestation, for instance, like... Uh, what is there? What was the solution for that? Or like, do you know much about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. basically the biggest culprit for these, well, the, the biggest culprit for the fires is deforestation. The biggest culprit for deforestation is uh, the agribusiness. So yeah. it's producing soy to yeah. feed the cattle that feed all oh, of us. Wow. Right. So all the meat eaters of the world need a lot of cattle, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of meat. Uh, but so no the, soy because that causes estrogen. That makes sense. That's right. Yeah, but if those cows have bigger titties, we get more milk. That's right. <laughs> so, exactly. I know, it's bull- it's yeah. All bull- so yeah, all those animals need to eat, and so they need this this feed. And so the feed comes from areas like the Amazon, where it's particularly uh, ripe for cultivating soy. Soy cultigens have been you know um, used there for decades now and proliferated. And so there's this industry that's only continuing to grow. And there are more mouths to feed than ever, and there will continue to be at the rate that we're going. Yeah. And so these large tracts of lands are used to cultivate the soy, and the soy ravages the landscape. And uh, I think the article that I read actually yesterday, it was like 20 hours ago, was published, uh, was talking about how all, like one of the biggest enemies of this deforestation isn't necessarily even the large agribusinesses like Bungie and Cargill, yeah. uh, American agribusinesses, but... They, according to the article, it was a Guardian article, is criminal loggers and agribusinesses. And I, they didn't really go to any lengths to define what that meant, but they sounded like the way they painted the picture, they were these rogue kind of uh, illegal culprits that were operating outside the the mandates and the legislation that the Brazilian government has tried to impose to protect the demarcated indigenous lands that are peppered throughout that that you know rainforest but they don't they can't um, help it because it's like gorilla. It's just so profitable it's gorilla yeah. and uh i mean i don't want to be uh paranoid or conspiratorial but i can't help but feel that b 
because there were these kind of um, constrictions, restrictions being put on the agribusinesses and, and heightened awareness and more accountability that they need to still find a way to do what they're doing, right? And they maybe are, you know, working in cahoots with some people that aren't so savory and are operating outside the confines of the law. Because let's face it, these agribusinesses, uh, what my research showed me was that they were completely neglecting the law anyways. So it's not really right, a yeah. big surprise to find out. Like turning the other cheek right. and just like letting this stuff um, kind of like go on. Let, let's mm-hmm. say for a yeah. second that they're not. It, it could also be people who were laid off because the agribusiness now can't like expand to the same extent. It's so it's just like either way, it's still the same guys doing the the thing. Yes. And then, and then if it's like, I laid you off and I worked with you for years and I care about you Don't do that. and now you go and do the illegal shit and you're doing the same thing I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'm going to help you out probably. And yeah. like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, I oh, just, absolutely. I, I just heard something about, I don't know if that was the same thing you were talking about, uh, but uh, like some, uh, environmentalist was like shot and killed uh in the amazon like recently too and there was no real like you know a reason why it happened like there was nothing following up it just like you know this happened they're still trying to investigate why it happened and that wasn't the fr- i feel like it wasn't the first time i heard a story like oh that. no and that was yeah. actually a big part of this this article that i read was there are a lot of murders that are unresolved Shit. um yeah you know, for environmentalists, people that are trying to protect the lands, and also for many of the indigenous peoples that have been there trying to protect their lands, which was kind of what my story centered around. Yeah. Um, it didn't start out that way, but like most of these stories, you start kind of like, it's almost like being a detective. You start following leads, and then before you know it, you're like, oh shit, I didn't know that this was what the story was, you know, and it kind of reveals yeah. itself. But um, yeah. I was I was looking closely um I should say on the record, I wasn't actually in this place. Uh, the company that I was writing for didn't have the finances to, to bring me there physically, which probably was better for me not to be some white guy poking my nose around. <laughs> That's a fair <laughs> point. Yeah. Yeah. Might, yeah. You might have been one of those uh, environmentalists that got, yeah, got, got popped. Got, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but either way, I did a lot of um, research and I, I made a lot of phone calls and worked with a lot of translators to look at this region called the Cerrado, which is uh, it's in the province called Mato Grosso. It's in Brazil, and it's a savanna, and it's unique in that it feeds all, all the headwaters feed the Amazon. They all go directly into the Amazon. It's one of the most biodiverse regions on the planet. It accounts for a lot of the wildlife and endangered species that exist, like the jaguar and the, the uh, specific kind of anteater. But anyways, it's a very rich, fertile, biodiverse place. Many people, indigenous communities, have been there for a long, long time. And, <clears throat> excuse me, because it's not technically a part of the Amazon, even though it is really for all intents and purposes, part of the Amazon, it, right. it's headwaters feed the Amazon. It's it's demarcated as a separate like biosphere, right? Mm. So a lot of the legislation that was in place to protect the Amazon doesn't quote unquote apply to the Cerrado. <laughs> even though the Cerrado maybe needs even more protection if it's then, that rare. Exactly, and, like, and you know, yeah. like I said, it nourishes, nourishes the whole Amazon. So anything that happens to the Cerrado is gonna trickle, like it's yeah. like the heart that's pumping the blood to the rest of that, that region. So um, what that means is for the rights of the indigenous peoples, I was, I was um, speaking with Hipparidi uh, Toptoro of the Zavante people who have lived in Mato Grosso for a very long time. Good job on your um, pronunciation, by the way. Thank you. Uh, that, was, that was pretty good. I've been corrected. Yeah, a few good job times, with this okay. whole thing. We're very impressed right now. Yeah, this is the smartest one we've had yet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold your breath. I mean, it's been it's been a, like a year and a half uh, since I I wrote the article, so I might be a little rusty on some of the yeah, details. So you might have to man. fact fact check this a couple things. Shit, but yeah, um, it was our, our audience is fervent fact checkers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good, good. It's good to be. Um, 
No, so, you know, uh, these Hipparidi, uh, I, I spoke to him when he was visiting the UN at this summit to talk about, um, it's, it was a summit that talked about climate change. It talked about protecting the rights of indigenous peoples internationally. It was at the UN um, in New York City here in the Big Apple. And uh, yes. I was speaking with uh, Lauren, who works for a nonprofit, um, who was representing Hipparidi, and she was translating from Portuguese to English for me. And uh, he was talking about how, you know, they're, even though the Cerrado isn't protected by uh, a lot of the legislature that protects the Amazon, there are still pieces of legislation in the Brazilian government that are meant to protect indigenous peoples countrywide. And even those measures are being thwarted and worked around by these large corporate powers like the agribusinesses and lobbyists in Congress. And it's this really convoluted process that I won't bore you with, but the basic gist of it is that there's this process, it's called the process of demarcation. And once the indigenous lands have been demarcated as indigenous lands, sacred lands owned by these people or you know, um, inhabited and used by these people, then you can't fuck with them. But they make it virtually impossible to do that for these people. Um, and so they make them jump through all these legal political loopholes. Uh, they, they send these people, these surveyors to the land for a period of time to check it all out, to see how many people are living there. How are they using the land? Is it actually like something that they could call an indigenous territory? Yeah. Then they give a 90 day window for anyone who wants to protest that claim to come forth and protest. If they do, good luck. If they don't, okay, then you go into the next stage of the process, which is where you await your title of demarcation. But... A lot of these communities and these indigenous peoples are waiting in this limbo for their title because there's no set deadline. It's not like, okay, in a year or in two months, you're going to get the title. It's like sure, yeah. you could be waiting. Some of these people are waiting for 15 years. Jeez. They're never going to get their title God. for demarcation. And the, the another loophole around it is if, uh, let's see, say Bungie, which is like one of these big uh, agribusinesses, decides that they want to move into your territory, starts installing infrastructure, building roads, doing these things. Uh, then they can actually register the land before you undercut the indigenous peoples and work around that. Yikes. Um, so it's, it's the whole thing. Screw. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and speaking, coming full circle to what you were saying about these uh, environmentalists who are being, you know, murdered uh, or being killed. Uh, you know, Hipparidi was telling me that, you know, there are these truck drivers, they're building these roads because, you know, you can't have these huge soy plantations without having pretty crucial infrastructure. Yeah, you got to have roads. You got to have these huge trucks that can throttle stuff back and forth. And uh, so they build all these highways. They just plow through the rainforest for these people's communities and homes and, sure. and uh, running over a lot of his friends and family and loved ones, just murdering them, you know, like sometimes just for sport. Like there was a group Jesus of uh, Zavante people, uh, elder men chilling on the side of the road. And this truck driver, I think it was BR-80 was the highway he was on, uh, swerved off the road and tried to fuck with them and drive towards them. And one of the older guys couldn't get up in time. So they just, they all were in a ditch and watched him get ran over by this truck, you know, and like Jeez. shit like that's happening every fucking day, you know, like, and it's, it's getting worse with Bolsonaro. Yeah. Um, so that my story centered a lot around that region specifically and, and how, you know, a lot of the, the pollutants and the chemicals that are used to produce this mass, you know, uh, amount of soy are getting into the rivers and they're poisoning the fish and they're poisoning the food and they're causing all these terrible um, illnesses in the communities surrounding there because they still rely on hunting and gathering a lot of them and they're eating this tainted food in, in the plants and it's it's honestly just it's a mess and it's it's sad to, to it know sad, that it's that, that it's not getting better yeah um, but I, I was heartened when I saw like everyone's you know social media feeds alight with 
the rainforest is on fire and it's like it's good it's good that people care about the rainforest or they did care about i don't know you know you know what i mean but it's it's the news cycle thing and that really Mm -hmm. sucks and it's like it's not gone the i would say it's not gone in the hearts and minds of people who are very much so uh caring about the environment like enough so that they'll be like you know trying to do like the 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 you know, like for instance, like it's just another thing you can put on your life check mark. Like, look, the environment's bad. You can look at the rainforest. You can look at the polarized caps. You can like they put it on like the list of things and yeah, was, yeah the I endless like list of things more that more are more. fucking horrible mm-hmm. that like you know we feel helpless to do anything about. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah I know. I, I mean, sunrise movement. You know, they 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 just added onto their like you know their list. Their but list, but yeah. this you know this idea of like uh, killing people for sport, this kind of thing. It's like yeah, I know that's that's been going on. It's just like. Fuck, like, yeah, you know, something I always trot out to, like, give an example of how fucked up the British Empire was is there's, like, a this story about, like, in the 19th century, there was this island off of Australia where they would go to just hunt people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, rich people would go here, yeah, go hunt people. And it's, like, it's not a 19th century problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's no. It's right fucking now. Yeah. And... But it's not rich people; it's truck drivers. Well, sure, okay. But, like, that's not the great. Bad. So, so that's yeah, the progress we've made. Is I know, I know. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it's just like you know, um, it, just like at a loss for words, honestly. Yeah, well, it's yeah. it sucks because it's like you know you, you want to try and try and trace down the pipeline. Okay, well, like, well, who are the culprits here? And it's like, well, yeah, the truck driver killed that guy, right? And why is the truck driver driving this truck? And yeah, you, know, you start looking at the people who are working on these soy plantations. Like, okay, these are a lot of people, local Brazilians who are being grossly underpaid by these large corporations yep. and who really feel like they don't have another option. And then you also have this um, agenda being pushed forth, especially now by Bolsonaro and his and his colleagues, that you know, by developing the rainforest, we're going to decrease deforestation. And all these, all these things are coupling together. And then you have the agribusness, which is going to keep growing. And uh, it's hard, it's hard to trace. I'm sorry, what's the, the line of argument from? of the, the, by developing the rainforest, we're going to decrease it <clears throat> that's a good question I would, well i would love to ask bolsonaro to, to elucidate but i guess i guess <laughs> yeah. what he believes or what he says is that um by creating these like infrastructures and developments we can bolster the brazilian economy i mean at the time that sure. uh this was starting to become more of an issue uh brazil was emerging from this recession and this was a viable way for them to bolster their their economy and their exports um <clears throat> it showed promise but if done sustainably, can it be done sustainably? Probably not on the scale that it's being done. No, right. and, that's, and not that's, the way that it's being done. Yeah, that's like the question is like because I know I know like I said like I said before like I, I was uh, watching someone that talked about the issues that Brazil has being a country that it is like it's a first world nation, but it's like for instance like the travel between two different cities uh, in Brazil is such a hard thing to do because of like how its terrain is, how its geography is oh, laid wow. out. You know, it's like you don't have these very easily accessible major highways like uh they do like you know only through the really major cities everything else is kind of like you know it's hard um so like it's just dealing with the limited space they have uh butt up against you know one of the biggest and most like precious rainforests in like the world and like this isn't to say that it's like the solution is to go in there and deforest um that's what they're saying they're saying look we only do this a little bit we could uh uh you know we won't have to do it anymore and then we can like you know start growing our economy. It's like well, if you do it once and then your economy still grows, then you're still gonna have to do it. And yeah, so a lot more. It's the solutions. Like I don't know. I yeah. I made up one idea once that was like I don't know. Fucking do it. Dubai did build a fake island out and, <laughs> and then just like you know yeah till the well, soil there or something like that. I don't know if you can't, <laughs> if you can't go into your land more, go out. I don't know. 
but <laughs> it's not a good idea. Go up, go down. Go up, right? yeah. Yeah. We like, should uh, dig under. It's like, come on, man. Like the Amazon, <clears throat> I don't care, you know, where you come from, what walk of life. Like that's, that's a sacred place on earth. I know. I don't give a shit yeah. what your religion is. But it's like, that's, that's like, there's so much life there. The beginnings of life, you know, and but it's also, it's also just a class issue too. I mean, like you look at, um, uh, Standing Rock, the reason why Standing Rock happened was because there was originally the pipeline was supposed to go through like a more wealthy affluent mostly white neighborhood Mm -hmm. and they fought against it and said fine we'll do it in this you know really close up to the you know native land and they and the people in the native land were like no this is our land they didn't have a lot of money to be able to like you know uh i don't know like kind of make those businesses like uh uh, say you know back off and say we're not going to do that so they were just like fine we're going to do it I don't know. It's like the same thing with Brazil too. I bet you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. And I'm guessing that Brazil, like I I don't really know a whole lot about Latin American history, but I remember recently like learning about how like, cause yeah, I mean, you know, and I've said this on the previous episode, Alex and I grew (laughs) up in an excruciatingly white place. And I feel like you grow up thinking like, yeah, Latin America, Latin Americans are all oppressed. Like, you know, yeah. And it's like you don't learn about like the complexities of how there's like an upper class of like white aristocrats descending from like Spaniards and stuff mm-hmm. and like how a lot of these people are straight up Nazis. Straight up. Yeah. And then a lot of people are actually Nazis from Nazi <laughs> Germany. Oh yeah, that went to South America. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And and I'm sure like I don't know much about Brazilian history, but I'm sure there's like a dynamic like that as well. And it's not yeah. I For mean, some reason they all went to Argentina. Uh, yeah, well, actually, no, there is a reason. It's What's because the there was already German... Um, there was a large German population yeah. in Argentina. For real, yeah. I didn't know that. Prior, okay. prior to that. But, uh, but the thing that a lot of people don't talk about, too, is a lot of Jews went there, too, for the same reason. A lot mm-hmm. of German Jews. So there, you'll find, like, people, um, you know, Jewish people, like, Orthodox Jewish people speaking Spanish. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? Huh? And you just yeah, be like, that's, that's interesting. you're from Argentina, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's cool. Yeah, so, but, like, but, yeah, there's, like... Um, you know, strong Nazi presence, and I bet you Brazil is similar in the whole like uh, colonial history type thing. And um, and I, th- I think I remember hearing Bolsonaro saying something along the lines of like, Western powers need to back off because like this is ours and we have a right to develop it. And like, um, yeah, what France did, like when France is like, we're not gonna. Oh yeah, yeah you got all up in and, Macron's yeah. face, right? Um, uh, and 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 you know, you're all fucking up your own environments, so let us, you know, fuck up fuck ours, up our do, it, do it in the way yeah. we want to do. Yeah, it. yeah, which is like a line of argument. I mean, a lot of Americans are making the same line of argument about why we shouldn't do anything about climate change because yes. well, China's just gonna fuck up theirs, so you know. Well, they're already doing it. Yeah, so. well, <laughs> everybody, <laughs> everybody was doing it. It's yeah, like, come on, what are we? What are we not? <laughs> it was the 21st century. Everybody was doing it. That's Everyone like what was... they're saying when we're living in hell world. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's, yeah. that's literally that's literally what they're saying in the 80s too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's but but it sounds to me like what Bolsonaro is really saying is when he says it's ours, he's saying like whatever. Uh, a group of people is exploiting like the indigenous and you know working people there and like mm-hmm. yeah and uh yeah it seems like he's he's probably right like um if they destroy the amazon for development he will probably be doing a lot better off and a lot of people in his position will sure absolutely and, and yeah. obviously he uses the rallying cry of the the working man and of the brazilians and the anti-colonization kind of but it's it's not really any of those things it's just meant to to get people behind him. Right. Um, I have a friend who I work with who, uh, his name is Mario and he's a vegan. He's a very, very adamant vegan. 
Uh, I'm not, but I respect it. Uh, But we were having a conversation about this whole thing and uh, he didn't really know much about it until the fire, the fires came to the, you know, um, international attention. And uh, he said, well, Zach, uh, don't you think that if more people were vegan, then there wouldn't be such Mm. a high demand for this cattle feed. And then maybe we wouldn't have such an issue with deforestation and climate change and, and all these huge issues that are raging right now. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and you know, there are a lot of things that have, uh, I've I've had a lot of really intense debates with Mario, uh, usually just for fun about like, you know, the philosophy of veganism and being a meat eater and sustainable living and yada, yada, you know, list goes on, uh, do plants have consciousness? We could go there. We don't need to, but you know, this, this was the first time where I was like, you know what? Well, well, she, (laughs) well, maybe maybe you got me there, Mario. Um, my, my, like, my fire back question would be, and, and I'm already going to, my conclusion is that he's correct. However, yes, this is the thing I want to point out, which is that uh, the newest trend is this impossible burger and all this mm-hmm. shit. And I want to know how much resources you consume making that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, a fair point. So, so like the point I've made is that veganism five years ago was even better for the environment than it is now. Right. Because less people were doing it. Well, it's not even, it's that. Yeah. And, it, and it's also, I mean, it is, it's that. <laughs> Look, Thanos had it right. Exactly. Thanos had it right. No, it really, it's just the people. No, it's, it's, it's that like as more people do it, more companies crop up that cater towards it, and like it used to be more disruptive, right? It used to be like you, you needed to find local things. You know, mm-hmm. now they're making more and more processed crap, and you know, then they're going to make this impossible burger, and they're going to use endless amounts of resources to produce the perfect meat burger, and it probably has advantages because it's like. All right, you can probably source this from different plants, right. from different places. That's probably good. And then you can also, um, there's probably some kind of waste in the production of meat that like you don't have with the production of plants. I don't right. really know. But, okay, I don't think it's going to solve the problem. It's going to make things like a little bit better for a short period of time. Sure. But they're going to end up growing a ton of soy because they want tofu and like right. fucking. I mean, the problem with soy and the problem with a lot of like, you know, having like a lot of plants, uh, almonds, you know, those are always like a good point to talk, to go to for yeah, like, you know, almonds not, are terrible for the yeah, environment. Yeah. Like not yeah. great for the environment. It's like, these are all mm-hmm. things that are not great for the environment, but I always like to think that they, and I like to think because again, I'm not too sure about the facts. But like I like to think that they are, um, using up less resources because they inherently require just less space to be able to, cultivate and grow then in, 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 in like in, a, in an amount that I don't way. know do they yeah. like to, I mean, to produce enough that like uh, we'd like look we could we could have we could have our cows and our chickens like in the smallest cages possible to be able to like you know and we do get, and, and we sure as hell do I know and that's and that's I think a big point of contention for for the animal rights it's, it's pretty, cool. it's pretty yeah. disgusting but I think I got a solution to okay it. I think well, I just lab grown meat yeah that's know, the thing I know why would just put all of our money into lab grown yeah, meat well that's, you know, it freaks people out though yeah no, so what you're gonna I, say so the, the meat's gonna grow off the money like the the, the bacteria on the money we're gonna like grow the <laughs> <laughs> the ground to something so we here. literally yeah. just throw our money into the yeah, that's the, the idea. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, are there any holes in that one? Lab grown meat. I mean, like uh, sure, same same story. Like yeah, a lot of resources, using a bunch of resources. Yeah, yeah. A lot of resources. Um, and it's the same thing with electric cars. Like I bet you, it is a lot better than uh, gas powered cars, but still using a ton. I mean, Tesla is not making the future of efficient cars. They're making hot rods, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And like the battery is incredibly bad for the environment when you're done with it. Producing the car like consumes way more resources than you'll ever drive. And yeah, like there was somebody told me that uh, a used Hummer is more uh, 
it's better for the environment mm-hmm. than a new Tesla because of the resources. Well, that's very true. Anything used. I well, do you say. think? That's, do you think if the money that was being used on the fossil fuel industry was um, reallocated towards quote unquote sustainable vehicles, a la Tesla, that maybe we'd be a little bit closer to where we need to be? Here's what I think. <laughs> Uh, I think that our, our public spending on tech is disgustingly bad. Yeah. Um, like, not only do we not do enough of it, but the one, but, but that which we do do is all like these weird private contracts that just it's just hey, want to take a bunch of taxpayer money and light it on fire? Here you go. Like, like there's no accountability. It just sucks. Um, I think we need a moonshot, but for green tech, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we got to the fucking moon in the '69. I mean, quote unquote. Yeah, uh, uh, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, whatever. We made a real good film that looked like we got to the moon. Anyway, <laughs> that, that's an, a that's a feat of its own. Yeah. Um, no, like that's what we need is we need like a tremendous amount more in uh, tech spending and like I get that that's not um, the good Marxist answer to it because like you know what we need is to hold people accountable and mm-hmm. uh, I hope that we can I hope that we will but I also think that what's missing in a lot of it. We wouldn't have any of this sweet ass technology, computers, smartphones, this fucking recording equipment, uh, if it wasn't for the space race. Mm-hmm. None of this exists. You talk to any uh, engineer who is like over a certain age, like 60, right? They say that their job used to be much more like an academic, you know, you went, you might become a professor, then you might like practice your field. It was software engineering or computer engineering was not what it is now which is like this this like job that is this pipeline that's just like sucking people out of other sectors to become this thing like right like it was not that that didn't exist and then like bell laboratories came out of nowhere and it's all because of the space race and they all all these guys love fucking nasa a bunch of them are like hardcore republicans right but like they fucking love nasa that's the one thing that can be agreed upon um and uh, and yeah and and why did we have the space race to begin with? To film a really good movie, to compete with Russia. Right? Oh, right. oh, because oh. because I think that I think the way that the space race has completely disappeared since Russia uh, yeah, since the Soviet Union dissolved is proof that like capitalist nation could never spend that much on public tech for its own purposes. Like, no. yeah. Now, but the International Space Station is a great thing in the sense that we've have we've all c- kind of gone together and said let's all you know put our money in together and like, let's all in. not do anything about space <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but like but make it look like we really yeah i mean, yeah. I mean it, at the time it was cool but i think 20 years down the line i think we've uh, all been like yeah yeah we have the international space station it flies over us every time let's do something else that's yeah. kind of like where it's, we are you know and then you got guys like you know musk doing his thing and it's just like you know I don't think that uh, it's actually that interesting or impressive. I don't think it would be if we had a proper space program. It's just that he's the only one doing it. He's the only one doing it. I saw oh. I saw something that was uh, uh, talking about, like, could we terraform Mars? I was watching this, like, last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and straight up, they were just ter- tearing apart everything Elon Musk was like, you know, like, we can nuke the, the poles, and then, like, you know, <laughs> we'll get the water. It's like, uh, one... <laughs> all the all the water from the poles would not even like do Relax, anything to the atmosphere. Right. Yeah, yeah, like it yeah. would do shit. And two, like you're gonna actually just like uh, uh, evaporate, uh, sublimate all of the uh, water vapor, and like 
it wouldn't even do anything. Yeah. It would just, right. it would, yeah, it would immediately just like disappear. Oh, so I, I know jack shit about terraforming, but yeah. uh, I'm assuming you guys probably know more than I do. Would would it make sense hypothetically for? <laughs> he's shaking his no, head. I, I know a little bit. I know a little bit. I, I watched, our I, resident I watched a video expert. last night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> would it would it make sense that over conceivably a long enough period of time of cultivating you know plants and and creating this like artificial atmosphere that that something like that could be done or is it? Is well, you it, need to have the place to be able to have an artificial atmosphere. You couldn't just put plants on the. Well, what I'm saying is yeah. like creating these like greenhouses. Kind of right. You, yes, you're talking about on Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could create yeah, specifically, you specifically gravity, on Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you could create a um, greenhouse on Mars, but uh, you need to create the atmosphere for uh, for it to work. And their idea is like you need right. to you need to have nitrogen, carbon dioxide, something in the air mm-hmm. that will create an atmosphere because right now there is nothing. So you and, need something that'll produce that. Yeah, yeah and they're and they're also saying like even beyond that, it's also like there's a lot of things to contend with. There's the fact that like even with uh, uh, the atmosphere that they have people are starting to speculate that Mars was just never destined to have much of a good uh, environment <laughs> because it's a small planet with a very kind of okay magnetosphere. Because but it's not strong enough to like really protect mm-hmm. it. It could do yeah. it, but like it's, it, it, they, they, they speculate and theorize that there's been like a net loss, a very slow net loss over the course yeah. of their uh, mm-hmm. period. Like whatever happened in the past created like a lush environment and then eventually just, it all just tapered right. off. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I think that uh, we totally could do it. Um, I just think that much lower hanging fruit than that is finding ways to actually like protect earth and keep you it figure there. out our shit first. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> I, know. Here. I yeah. was, I was that kind of uh, tech daddy boy who was just like loving the idea of like going to uh, space and such and saying like, look, well, I told you this like in a episode previously. Like, I think like, um, I, I have a real irrational fear in some cases of like an asteroid coming to earth and just like, you know, just decimating us. Sure. So, uh, have you ever before. seen the movie, uh, melancholia? Yeah, yeah, I love that Lars von Trier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn, yeah. It's, it's a it's a heavy movie. Yeah. Um, but that kind of irrational fear, you know, it's shit. not really irrational, right? It's not irrational, but it's it's a, it's a legitimate <laughs> thing. I mean, I read headlines that are probably fake all the time about how we get near misses. We do. Know? I mean, there's there's also another. The, uh, the only part that's irrational is that you can't do anything about it. Yeah, that's the only irrational that's, part. Of yes, it. but like, well, yeah. I mean, there's actually another interstellar object coming into our solar system soon. I just found out cool. about it. Yeah. Anyway. That's fun. Um, dick. Yeah. <laughs> Dicks from the sky, dude. Oh, my God. Jesus. That's how they, <laughs> is that, it's going to be like that. It's going to be like Austin Johnson. Powers. <laughs> it's going to be like Austin Powers. Like, exactly. It's a huge. Wow. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, well, it would, it would probably be a relatively quick death. For most yeah. people, for most, I mean, it depends on the size of the object. If something lands in China and it uh, is small enough that it doesn't actually cause a shockwave over here, but it just like, you know, Covers lights the up the planet. sky with ash, and then right, yeah. and then we have like a fallout yeah. winter, eating ourselves and yeah. eat each other. I hope, I hope, yeah. I hope. Cormac McCarthy mm-hmm. novel. Yeah. yeah, there's more of a chance it'll hit water. In which case, I hope it does because that will just be really easy for most of us. In the grab source. your surfboards. <laughs> yeah, right. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of which, totally unrelated tangent, but I read this book that I want to plug. Go ahead. Called Go the Wave. Okay. By Dope. Susan Casey. And okay. It's about rogue waves. Oh. So waves those, like, like those yeah. that would be created by uh, an interstellar object colliding oh, with Earth. But no, there are these freak waves that occur out of the blue. Scientists can't figure them out. In fact, one big thing I learned Fuck. from reading this book is that scientists don't know shit about waves. No, they don't. Wow. They don't know shit about wave behavior. Is, is it is it simply ah. just like... Sorry, go on. No, no, no. Yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? I said, is it simply just the... Uh, 
we don't know enough about waves because there's so many factors uh, coming to to coming around to be able to like put together to realize what waves are doing what the patterns are yes rogue waves are just those anomalies where waves just like kind of culminate together and out of otherwise like, calm waters yeah like, we're talking like 200 feet tall yeah right yeah. um doesn't make sense shouldn't happen yeah. shouldn't happen but does and so this book is part study of waves um which is fascinating in and of itself and it's it's super digestible for your average reader who doesn't really know much about wave dynamics mm-hmm. um myself yeah. um but also it's a it's kind of a character study on these uh, surfers who seek out rogue waves, specifically seek out rogue waves. Uh, and they do this practice called toe surfing. And it's called toe surfing because you have to be literally towed into the waves because you can't move fast enough to get onto these oh, things. Like what those people so in Portugal jet ski, do. Exactly. Uh, 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 so yes. in Nazaire, per- Portugal is where uh, one of the most famous places where rogue wave, wave surfing happens. Uh, I think the largest wave on record that was documented at Portugal and Nazaire was almost 90 feet. Wait, um, I'm sorry. Those are considered rogue waves? Well, those are technically not rogue waves because, well, they are. So basically, there are sets of rogue waves that can occur, right? It's not just a rogue wave isn't just a singular rogue wave. Like, it can be like a series of rogue waves, right? Sure. But like, there are places in in various oceans where in the right conditions, these waves can be created for a very short amount of time. But then there are also situations where these waves just pop up, you know, out of nowhere. And will destroy an entire oil tanker that's, that's meant crazy. to withstand like a hundred plus feet tall waves, right? Yeah. So guess what the tallest recorded wave is by people? Three hundred and forty four feet. Three hundred and forty five feet. <laughs> Six hundred and seventy. Keep going. Just keep going. A mile. How many feet's a mile? Uh, like five thousand. No, nah, it's less than that. But All it's right. it's uh, the 1, height 000. of the uh, one thousand seven hundred and eighty. It's like the, the height of the Freedom Jesus. Tower. Jesus. This motherfucker in Alaska. There's this. There's wow. this area of Alaska where uh, I forget the name of the bay. It's like this Aleutian Bay, oh. where uh, waves um, get ridiculously large due to the formation of the ice and uh, and like there are like uh, how you say like uh, avalanches and, and naturally occurring phenomena that that generate these powerhouse fucking yeah. megalodon waves yeah. and like. This guy was in his boat when this thing was coming through. Uh-oh. And uh, Uh-oh. a few oh, other shit. people were there, too, that died. Um, but this guy, he didn't do what they did. He decided that he was going to go up the wave, like a la Perfect Storm. Yeah. And he, he did it. He went all the way up this 1,780-something foot wave God. in this little, like, <laughs> fisher boat, right? Uh, straight up this fucker. And the thing, the thing, though, is when you, oh my god, imagine going up a wave the size of the Freedom Tower. (laughs) You're just going, going, you're just going, you're just going. Don't look, don't look down. And like (laughs) the thing about these waves, though, is once you clear the crest of the wave, the trough is like a straight drop. Yeah, so this guy's dropping hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet in this fucking dinghy. Oh my god, this beast wave. But anyways, talk about nightmares and irrational fears. That that is, I am terrified. I love waves. I'm a surfer. I've always been fascinated (laughs) with waves, but. I, after reading that uh, book, I've got profound respect for these surfers. And also, I'm kind of terrified of that one yes. day that that wave's going to roll through. Fuck, dude. Because a lot of the climatologists in that book are like, look, climate change deniers, whoever the fuck you are out there, these things are going to keep happening. We've got documented tsunamis that are killing people, you know, super storms that are being generated by these changes. And we're going to see more of these waves. Fuck. Do they're going uh, to be devastating. Do you like watching uh, tsunami videos? Like people recording like the uh, waves in Japan, I, for instance, I, or something? Yeah. I have watched a few, yeah. There's, it's uh, like a dreadful fascination. Yeah, but like you never get a good glimpse of like the really big ones, no. in, especially in the Japanese uh, tsunami. There's like one video in particular where someone like is through a crowd of people, um, through a crowd of people like in the distance looking at the shoreline, and you just see 
like a, a little bit of zigzag, like halfway up the uh, the the horizon, essentially. Yeah, the horizon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and uh, no, like not even like you know horizon. Like I'm talking like you know you thought that was a horizon, and no, then you realize a it's a wave. Yeah. yeah, and it's like it was one of those moments where I was like, wow, so that's how big they got. Yeah, like you don't see them through all the other videos. You see it through this one. You're like, that's how big. God, oh, Jesus yeah. Christ! And yeah. the guy like looks at it quietly and then just goes, no. <laughs> you hear it go like that and just go away. Like, I get you. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So that irrational fear thing. That's like what I have for uh, asteroids. And the, the the reason why I bought that up was just because like it. Um, oh, thanks uh, for coming back. To oh, you're welcome. Otherwise, I was just gonna be <laughs> like trying to derail. You I'm there. still thinking about this. Like, uh, so many things. Like, fuck. Like, oh man. Like these people getting run over for the fun of it. Like the fucking rogue. I'm just like, fuck, dude. I'm so sorry. God damn. I know. It's a little heavy. I didn't really yeah. meant for it to get so it's heavy. Heavy. Anyway, sorry. Go on. It was just the 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 idea put was always in my head that like it's important to because uh, we're a species that's been getting a lot done. We can all agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of stuff. Yeah, like if there's one thing you could say about human humanity, it's that just we get, get her shit done. done. We, we, we yep. get her done. We get her done. Yep. Yep. He was right. Um, and I want to make sure that keeps going. And I and I kind of feel like that, like whether it's through uh, some sci-fi and kind of like you know, just we uh, put our seed into space, put you know, or or whatever the fuck, just like make sure like we can continue developing as a species because uh, I do believe that contact with others, you know, alien life or a con- or just like some sort of like a continuing of our uh, race is very important. And if we're all in one place, uh, uh, you correct would. yourself because you you were you're gonna step in it there, right? Step into the uh, alien territory. Well, and the <laughs> fact that I don't I don't believe I think it's most likely never gonna happen. No, I think uh, yeah. See, here's the thing: I want it to be real that we would be able to meet aliens one day, but I know that the chances of it happening are so crazy small because of the distances we're talking about. But I still want it. It's to not even know. the distance. I just think it's arrogant for humans to think there's other human-like things out there. I think you're I think you're undervaluing I, the. I tend to agree with you. I think that we we have these conversations about extraterrestrial life, but we're using our human, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote, intelligence and imagination to create the existence of other likeness. That would look like. Or that would, in some way, that we could even conceive of. Yep. Like... Sure. And so when yeah. I try to like think what's like the farthest thing that I could even kind of not conceive of, which would be like interdimensional beings, even that is still a construct of my human imagination. Yeah. Why is why does that have and, to even exist in I, my imagination? I am, not, you know I, mean? I am not trying to say that we <laughs> will find species that will not look like like that will look like us and be like similar to us. I'm just saying it's less about what they look like, it's less about uh uh you know what they communicate or what dimension they're in. It's more just like they are out there, and I believe, statistically speaking, they should be out there. It's just very hard for us to find them because of the distances we're talking about, and that's why I'm just like, just put a just put a bunch of our seed in space, put a little <laughs> embryos in there, and just. The, the last point I'll make out. on this too though, is style. that there's other very very intelligent beings on this planet, and we don't recognize them as intelligent. So I just we're don't, getting into like men in black territory. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I just I don't think we would we would recognize whatever creatures they are as as intelligent even if they are more intelligent than us and are killing us we still won't recognize it we'll be like these monsters yeah yeah, yeah. um once dolphins come on shore and just bring us back into the water yeah yeah it's just yeah exactly something yeah. like that They're, that's why i have such an issue with like the area 51 alien crash landing it's like yo were these aliens like drinking and driving <laughs> how many times are they gonna crash into the same fucking planet in the same fucking place it's dude, like come on guys dude, like dude. we told you not to drink the we fucking blue blurb like crash into this fucking desert God. again like you, you know what maybe they are <laughs> maybe they fucking are and maybe that's how yeah. we all exist in the first place maybe some alien mm-hmm. got real drunk one day and it was just like yeah 
Just spraying it. Here's life on this planet. <laughs> and like, that's and that's why we all have this. Fuck this rock. Yeah. 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 Fuck this. Um, I don't know. That's pretty funny. Anyway, origin stories, man. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's that's just why uh, I still hold that little green. Oh light. Yeah, yeah. So you want humanity to continue beyond the stars? Um, and I know, and th- and that that's why today, like today, right now, I would say my central issue that I want that I'm looking at towards this election is climate and the everything involving it i think that's probably I, i'm not i'm not like entirely a one issue person but i but you know the arguments can be made that it's a lot of different issues rolled into one climate's really important and i wasn't always like that i used to be much more nihilistic or not nihilistic but just like very pessimistic about us changing the environment and more just like we just gotta get the fuck out of here man yeah. get the fuck out of here. we're lost it's done get off the rock and now i'm not like now i'm like it's we're, we're definitely going to fuck ourselves over, but like we could, we could as, still do something well, we about it. Realist- try, yeah, realistically, try, yeah. we're not going to get off the rock soon enough, so we might as well try and do yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or I don't know, fucking just Thanos. Thanos. <laughs> do you think? Do you think in the future? I just had idea what you guys are talking. Do you think they'll be in the future? Like people will look back at the, uh, uh, Avengers series as more of like gospel, like you know. Thanos, yeah. Thanosian logic says that right. we should kill half of all humanity. So for, forget. Um, oh, okay. Wait. So you're saying something different from what? No. What are you gonna say? What are you gonna so say? you're saying they'll like look at it like Shakespeare or something and like no, not like the work of the, literature. No, uh, okay. no, like, like a work, like myth, like creation, myth like or? myth, religion. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like oh, sure, maybe. Like my point is just like okay. First off. Already now, there's people who th- side with uh, Thanos, like, um, and it'll only grow from there. That's what I'm saying. Well, well, I was listening to How Did This Get Made for um, Hobbs and Shaw. Did you see Hobbs and Shaw? No, I'm obsessed with this movie. I fucking love the shit out of this movie. Um, do you know what it is? It's like a, it's a offshoot of Fast and the Furious. Oh, okay, with, uh, yeah, the yeah. Rock and Jason Statham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, quick recap, uh, but basically, like, uh, so the Rock and Jason Statham are their typical like badass meathead guys right sure but they're fighting uh, idris elba who's like a cyborg who like works for these crazy assholes who like they want to like kill all the weak people in the world with a virus and then like soup up all the other people but like idris elba has all these speeches about how like capitalism is going to destroy the world mm-hmm. and like like it's re- like it's a really cool movie because it's like clearly they're um the red alliance versus the brown uh, the brown coats or whatever right, right. like yeah uh he's the fascist solution to um capitalism but yep uh so why did i go off on this tangent oh right 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 so the how did this get made uh, <laughs> episode on this is a podcast where they make fun of movies i'm sure yeah okay um they do the uh reviews from amazon and like one of the uh, amazon reviews is like great movie but the villain is right and then they go on to say like uh <laughs> like like also thanos is right and 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 the thing oh, is, yeah, is well and that's that, that, and that's the problem like like neoliberal ideology ding 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 Uh-oh. everybody drink yep we did it we did it we said the <laughs> uh, 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 is clink, is clink. yeah there you go mm-hmm. um no it's fixated on the idea of antinatalism that like there needs to be less people in order for us to survive uh ecological uh collapse but um it's only like a certain percentage at the top of people who are producing the pollution in the first place and it's genocidal frankly to be like oh because it always goes into this logic of like the poor people are out producing us you know, uh, and it's fucked up. I know. So, yeah. so yeah, yeah. So I, I really hope not. I really hope that in the future, uh, people are not like Thanos is right. Like it's just a very stupid way uh, to think. So well, I mean, like look at the same way that Fight Club became kind of an ideology to unto some people yeah, in such a right, way. Right. You know, I mean, like even movie. though it is also was supposed to be a critique of that. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So there are there are Fight Clubs out there. I, I was driving through West Virginia last weekend, and uh, there was a bar. The only bar on the road that I was on 
for really? for half an hour that had a lit up sign that just said Fight Club. God there damn. were a bunch of like trucks outside and motorcycles, dirt bikes. Man. It was like one in the morning. Two guys I was driving when the car were asleep, and I looked at it and I was like, I'm gonna keep driving. You didn't go. No, dang, I'm, not, I'm not ready for that. But I, that? I, I dropped the pin though. Oh. Zach, you, that's good. You, go back to that. yeah. <laughs> you gotta, might have to go back. And I gotta look out. up what the name of that documentary is. Go ahead, Zach. Fucking... But you forget we were in a Fight Club at one point. <laughs> <laughs> was it a Fight Club for people with holes? You, no, it was. No. Uh, you gotta, you gotta punch right in the hole. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know our holes are. That would probably yeah. hurt like a motherfucker. No, 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 that's, no, that's why I stopped fighting it. <laughs> it's our reset button. That's what it is. You know, oh. that's, yeah, that's how you reset. Definitely the reset if that's you believe in reincarnation. That's how we power each other up. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, the pin in the hole to be able to, like to reset, reset your phone. Yeah, but uh, no, we um, in uh, we went to uh, college together, and like uh, we, uh, our uh, my roommate, who was my roommate at the time when we did this, um, before you, uh, invented a fight club in the quad of our school, and just mm. like invited people to come fight him. He bought he bought punching gloves. And he just invited people to come out. And I just watched and took pictures for the first time. Yeah. got some great shots of him getting the shit beat out of him by a guy twice his height. <laughs> it yeah, was, that guy was huge. It was, it was a total David and Goliath moment. It was, yeah. Damn, and, yep. uh, I got, I got like a great shot of him just like kind of like jumping up. Like my uh, uh, roommate just jumping up and just like slamming the guy like right in the head just like that. That's was pretty, like, that was a pretty epic photo. It was, yeah. I, I totally forgot about that. And then uh, you, you have the whole quad ringed around the, yeah. the pit yeah. looking down. It, and it, then uh, there was the the guy who was in charge of like all the operations. What was his name again? Danny Santos. Yeah. Oh my God. You're right. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Danny. <laughs> Danny was a known like jujitsu fighter or something. <laughs> and so Ferris was like, "Danny, come yeah. down and fight me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the quads like, "Danny, Danny." And he's like, "Not now. Not today." Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh shit, this is it, it, crazy. Awesome. The funny part was it lasted That's it lasted awesome. for a straight hour before we like had to be uh, told to stop. Like, yeah, Jesus. Down. Wait, like a whole hour. It, it was a long hour. They fought for an hour. Yes. It was different people circling in and out. Oh, okay. and everyone ringed around up, like looking down, because this place was designed by someone who designed prisons, and uh, whoa, and uh, it was a perfect like layout. For yeah, this every single, almost every single room that faced towards the quad could see this going on. You could be showing in your bed watching it. You could be sitting on yeah, the top yeah. of the. I, like I, like I like to think. I wish I could have seen that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in reality, everyone just walked by and said, "The fucking god, what the fuck are they doing this day?" That sounds epically awesome. Yeah, but then we moved it to a forest later on because, again, like. You know, they they said you can't do this in the quad, and then uh, roommate just was like, "Well, we can do it in the forest." Could, uh, <laughs> I think you and I boxed at one point. We did. Yeah, yeah you're really. I remember because uh, you have a long reach, and I couldn't get past your reach. Yeah, you just put your arms out way up. Like I that was my you. secret. I just hold my arms out, and the person can't really get close. Yeah, and yeah. I just give them a little. Yeah, but I fought. I fought. Uh, I fought a John. Uh, not mm-hmm. uh, you know the, that John. That John. Yeah, yeah. Um, glasses, John, and uh, I. Kicked him pretty good. I felt pretty good about yeah, that. You, you rocked yeah, you rocked him. Nice. Only time I really fought. Yeah. Anyway, Fight Club. I want to fight. I mean, not really. Take a gym. But <laughs> do a do a class pass. Do a class. I pass know. I, I never. I never like. I never. Um. I try that once or twice. Like I've tried jujitsu, and I, I just get bored with it. I, I don't know. I just don't feel like. I don't know. It just. It's not for me. I guess. get it. I get it. Um. But yeah. anyway. Um. So. The fight, Fighting in the Age of Loneliness uh, is this documentary narrated by Felix Biederman from uh, Chapo Trap House. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a good one. I recommend it. It's free on YouTube. And it's just about, like, how UFC, like, came to rise at this time when things are, like, particularly, like, pessimistic and bleak for a lot of people. And um, so it's interesting you say you're, like, driving through West Virginia, which I'm pretty sure is, like, prime opiate territory as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. People just 
doing opiates and punching each other in the face. Yep. That's <laughs> makes it a lot easier. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then you can get prescribed the opiates when you come in with like a broken face. Yep. And uh, yeah, um, it's sad, man. And and it was interesting. So I have all these like arguments with my mom. My mom is a uh, Trump supporter. Um, and I mean, that's there's more to be said there than just that, right? But sure. Uh, Your mom's a beautiful woman. No, she is. She's great. I love her. Um, she's a great person. But uh, you know, we have like, you know, she'd call me up and be like, um, you know, you see, because because my mom's somebody who I always thought of as a, a very not racist person, because like. I was always encouraged to date outside my race. Like, not that that should be a big deal, but it kind of is. Like, uh, at least where I'm from. Uh, and, um, and like, you know, the way she's interacted and treated people and the way she taught me to treat people, you know. You dated some people who were Christian, right? Well, yeah, no. Yes. Yeah. And she's I've like, never, she's I've like, never dated, go, that's what I meant. I've never dated a, a Jewish person, actually. Um, Did you really? I've never ever dated. I've never I've never kissed a Jewish girl. Oh wow! I've never oh. I've never mm. been there, man. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've never uh, been there. I've never I've never done that. You should try it sometimes. You should yeah. try. It. Yeah, you're missing yeah. out. Uh, I'm 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 not against it. Yeah. You know? Um. Anyway. Uh. But the the point is, is that she has you know several like pretty ignorant beliefs about certain things, not about people being unequal, but just about like not believing that things are unjust you know mm-hmm. and mind you i'm sure i'll be listening to this and be like dude you know <laughs> like we're all we're all we're all unenlightened in our in our own generational yes. ways yes but so she'll call me up and she'd be like you know james uh i was listening to this thing about how horrible it is for people you know in these like very poor rural white communities you know and uh and like they're all you know on Oh, he's saying how there used to be a community there where people would take care of each other, but now they're all on drugs and all this type of stuff. Mm. And and I'm like, you're right. It's fucking horrible. And she's like, yeah. So when people start talking about reparations, <laughs> like, 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 because she's saying like, and I'm just like, can we like get reparations for both those groups of people, please? Like, right. Yeah. Like, like I get that, you know, because a lot of those rural communities were also exploited by some kind of, you know, and I'm not saying that whatever. Like, just because some other group of people is suffering doesn't mean we have to ignore one group of people. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, um, why did I get on this though? Because you're talking West Virginia. Oh, because this is this is like part of why this was on my mind, and I just thinking about like, shit, like that is fucking, that is fucking bleak. Like, what, what, what are we doing here? Uh, you know, I think. What are you doing? What? I I think a lot of people from these areas feel particularly threatened because they really are. Uh, like this, the powers that be really are trying to dismantle their way of life as much as possible. Like, um, urban areas are now more populated than any rural area, mm-hmm. and I think that like most capitalists realize that there's very little use for the rural areas anymore. Dude, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. The thing that's sad too is a lot of the people in the rural areas think that these politicians have their backs, right? Yep. So they're like, we got you. We're thinking about the working class. We're thinking about, like, you know, these old industries that have since deserted these people and left them in the lurch and bringing them back. And, and you know, the glory of the old days before things sucked, you know, as bad as they suck now. And uh, in reality, like you're saying, these these politicians don't give a, don't give two, three, <laughs> no. four, five shits about Definitely any of these people not, living yeah. out in West Virginia. Yeah. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. yeah. And, like, that's the reality, you know? And 
I don't know, like we're, we're here in Manhattan and uh, I, I took that weekend to go through West Virginia because I hadn't really explored it that much. And uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains are out there, Skyline oh, Parkway, so great camping, you know, yeah. really, really beautiful part of America. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you pass through these little towns like Cass and, uh, you know, in Pennsylvania too on the way out there through Amish country. But it's just, it's such a, it's such a departure from the reality that you get used to, accustomed to in a city like Manhattan or any of these, you know, crazy uh dense coastal cities in america and uh really helps it's just a totally there. different way of life and it's a it's an eye-opener and, and i'm grateful that i did it and uh yeah but it just makes you think you know like you you think that you have this idea because you become so insulated somewhere yeah. like new york that that yeah. this is america or this is what people think or this is the collective consensus and then you realize when you get out that most of america actually is not like that at all yeah. in fact most of america is like west virginia when yeah. you drive through it, when you go check it out, I mean, you have these little like blips, these cities that that happen that are big, dense populated areas. But I mean, like America's very large and spread out. And anytime I've taken a road trip across it, it's always like very striking to me. Yeah. Um, That's yeah. also why I feel like in some cases that uh, I'm like happy that there's a lot. There's a lot of reasons why like living in New York could be like a stress, including what you're talking about, trying to get out of it and go somewhere that's like remote, foresty, just different. Mm-hmm. They call it forest bathing nowadays. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, it's the, it's, the ter- it's the term. It's the term for going out and just literally just going hiking. Yeah, that, that, that reminds me of uh, that. Oh yeah, it was from your mom's house and their gallery of clips. But one of them is like some woman who's like, "Today we're going to have tree sex or whatever," and she's like tying a ribbon on a tree and then like <laughs> hum- humping it or something. Like. Anyway, that's what I'm doing this Friday. Um, You're going to go tie a ribbon on a tree. Tie a ribbon on a tree. Yeah. Um, Tie a yellow ribbon around an old oak tree and then jack off on it. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Did I ever tell you about the time I jacked off on a redwood tree? Anyway, I wanted to uh, get out of... I think the statute of limitations... No. It's not over. Okay, never mind. I'm pretty sure that's a. Sex there is no such limitation. That's a sex it. offense, isn't it? Yeah. It's a tree. In tree court, you'd be convicted. Yeah, in tree I, court, you would. I think so. Yeah. Uh, whatever. <laughs> anyway, I forgot what I was talking about. Look, I mean, it's just the fact that like living in New York, uh, uh, getting out of it is like definitely a benefit too. But also, like, um, I don't know, the world might be moving more and more into more urbanized, more densely packed places as we uh, our population grows, and what we ha- what we get from it, living in a city like this is a unique experience that I feel like people all across the country don't really uh, understand or, you know, we don't understand them. They don't understand us. It's kind of like one of those situations. But um, I don't know. It'd be kinda uh, hard, it would be kind of hard well, for me to go somewhere so remote. I, 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 totally, I totally agree. I think the thing that's left out of every conversation about those communities and then about the communities that are ripped apart because of gentrification and then sure, like yeah. homelessness and like all that is that like um, community is really important. Like, like, it is a privilege to be able to just like take off and be like parents I'll see you later and like go somewhere else like if you don't have resources you need um, a network of people and Mm -hmm. if you don't have a family and you don't have resources like you need a network of people and and in my mind that's like why we see so many more homeless people now is because their communities have been dismantled and like maybe there's a homeless guy on the street who used to get a meal every day from some other person who he knew you know like whatever Um, and that just doesn't yeah, and so it's the same shit with uh, with rural communities, and so because that's the thing, I feel like a lot of people are like, "Well, just move to the city, man." It's like, good, yeah, good yeah. fucking luck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, so easy. Come e- on. E- well, even if they have the money to do it, like 
it's a struggle for any of us to survive here, even if you've got the money. Even if you got the resources, it's a struggle. Yeah. And it's not for everyone. I got a lot of friends. I grew up in upstate New York and Syracuse, and I've been in the city for almost 10 years now. But, you know, a lot of my friends, I, I go home and I see them, and they're like, man, I don't know how you do that. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. you're fucking out of your mind, dude. Yeah. Like, people are crazy. I visit people, like, in Kingston. Yeah. Like, I visit them for, like, the we- uh, the weekend or even day, for instance. And, like, they'll be like, you came from New York to here? It's like, whoa, man. Like, New Yorker over here. And it's kind of <laughs> like, I'm just, it's no big deal. Yeah. But, like, how do you, like, even afford all that? Like, yeah, you know, I, I, talks, like. I, I went uh, home recently to some buddies on Long Island, some old, old friends. And, like, we were just a group of us just sitting on a porch talking. And I was just like, fuck, this feels great. Like, yeah, like, it does. like it when's really the last does. time I did this shit? You yeah. know, yeah, I know, I know. It really does. Uh, That's why I need like a, a middle ground city after this. Like, I couldn't go down to like just yeah. rural living. I have to like go to like a Seattle or something like that to really yeah. like get that living where you can live somewhere that's nice but also like fuck off to the the, the forest yeah. like so quickly well well there's plenty of places in america too that are like remote and rural and small that are not the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. but you know when you've hit the middle of fucking nowhere and it's got nothing to do with like the population of like the town in terms of numbers it's just like you know the feeling you know dude, that you know when you see that fight club dude i i got a story about the middle of nowhere tell Go. us all right so this yeah. this weekend uh so robbie my friend uh is one of my old friends that I grew up with. He's like the road trip maestro, and his specialty is specifically in navigating. And specifically, uh, he has these four books that are just maps of all the scenic routes in America that have been carefully curated Fuck by yeah. these guys, right? And awesome. so uh, he, whenever we go on a road trip, he says we're not taking any highways. Every single road we're going to be on is going to be the oh, most scenic shit. road that we could possibly be on. Jesus. And oh, so shit. I'm always like, dude, hats off to you, first of all, for taking the time to put this shit together because I know it ain't easy. And he makes yeah. it all work and he finds somehow to make it happen and not in a ridiculously long amount of time. But it's definitely not the easy way to do yeah, it. Yeah. But I will say that some of my favorite moments on these road trips are actually in the car. Just marveling sure. at, at the landscapes and the scenery around me, right? Do you, do you mind if I ask, how long did it take you to get to West Virginia? <laughs> Oh, oh well, we uh, <laughs> well we did it. We did it in a day, but we okay. we drove. Gotcha. Oh my god, we drove all over like Pennsylvania to all these like Amish towns. And gotcha. We gotcha. went all we we got to West. It's not that far to get to West Virginia. No, it's not. Um, it's, it's not. Do you by any chance know the names of these books? Because I'm wondering. Yeah, listeners I'll, I'll get I'll get back okay. to you. I I don't know the top okay. of them off the top of my head. Um, but I I can see the cover of one of them. Cool. But uh, but I I'll have to ask Robbie for the names of them. But sure. um. So we, the second day we're in West Virginia and uh, somehow Robbie found out about the oldest steel locomotive that's still running in the country that's in this town called Cass in West Virginia. And it takes you to the second highest peak in the state, which is called Bald Knob. Uh, I kind of laughed at that, right? There's also a mountain nearby called Gobbler's Knob, which we had a good laugh at. Uh, So we're actually forming a bluegrass band called Bald Knob and the the Knob Gobblers. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Uh, So we got some working song titles, but more on that later. So we, uh, I brought some very potent LSD with me for this portion of the journey. It was like, well, we're going on this old steel locomotive and we're going to the highest peak. We're going to see all the mountains. We're going to take some acid, right? And so in my imagination and all of our collective thoughts, we thought that, we were going to be in our own private train car on this train and we'd be a little secluded. Right. Right. And no, definitely not. So we're like, we should, we show up to the train and uh, we're coming up pretty hard on this stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. I vetted I, I <laughs> it the weekend before at, at a flying Lotus concert. And I was like, this is good. And so we, so we doubled down on it actually. And so we get to the train 
and it's just this like these two big carts and you're just sitting shoulder to shoulder and there are like guys with rifles and like kids screaming and like people oh, are people no. are looking at us because we do, we are not we do not blend yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> at all yeah. with the with the with the oldest steel locomotive crowd oh yeah. my god yeah there's coal smoke blowing off and this guy's oh on the loudspeaker like howdy y'all welcome to the oldest train my great grandpappy was and he's going out oh. he's like he's whack he's telling these crazy stories about like the history of the train and how the the little engine that could story is based off of engine cart number four that saved the day when the mayor was visiting. Cal- and he's going on and on. He's talking about the Rambler vines and how they constrict the trees. It's just, I just imagine, everything. I just imagine right? some kid turning you and be like, sir, are you just as excited for this train as me? Like, <laughs> 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 Jump out the train. Yeah. Also, the sound of this fucking whistle is like, uh, dude, you think you've heard a train whistle, right? You, you know what a train whistle sounds like, sure, right? Yeah. You ever been next to no, one of these train whistles? You know how fucking i got a recording uh, on my phone i'm gonna play for you it does not do justice <laughs> to how earth shatteringly loud this fucking train whistle was but it could it's like when you're at the concert and you're near like the, the subs or you're near yeah, like the line yeah. array and you like every time the kick drum hits it's like someone's punching you in the yeah, chest love that. it was like that but it was like an electric rattlesnake just coiling around my fucking soul um so there it's in here somewhere uh here it is it's keep, not gonna keep yeah it's not gonna do justice to this right now Oh boy! Fun. It goes for a while too. And they have little like short ones after that convey different things. Anyways, uh, so that was an experience. It, it was also a six-hour-long experience, so we had to get real comfortable. But Jeez. after we got off the train, yeah, uh, we went to the top of the summit. It was beautiful. We could see like really far off into the horizon, and uh, we got back down. And I felt like I processed all this stuff that I've been carrying because I was forced to just sit on this train. And, yeah, and it was like this trans, trans, literally transporting experience, um, emotionally, spiritually, fucking sanity-wise. We get off the train, we get in the car, and we're just like laughing, just relieving all this like tension because we couldn't even talk to each other on the train the whole time. Because I knew that if I said something to one of them, we were all just gonna yeah, lose you're gonna it. freak. Like, the we were the, the thin veil of composure that we were maintaining yeah, yeah, would have yeah. totally collapsed, and we would have probably had to run six uh, hours. <laughs> six hours just standing there, just like you know, listening to the kids. Yeah, cry. listen, to, listen yeah. to this guy tell these crazy stories oh, and like the, the beautiful mountain. It was just wow, it was a lot. So, anyways, we get in the car and uh, we're like, well, where do we want to go? Yeah, and so our we actually had a, a hotel book that night in Roanoke, Virginia. Oh, right, but in order right. to get to Roanoke, you have to go through this national forest called the Monagola State Forest, which is connected to the Washington Jefferson State Forest. And if you look at this forest on a map, it's it's huge. It's really really large, um, and it's it doesn't really have many roads that go through it. Right, there are a couple main roads. Right, <clears throat> and so Robbie, Robbie's usually really good at this whole navigating thing, but. The acid's like really strong and he's, he can't seem to figure out the maps. And so I was like, you know what, Robbie? I know Robbie's a really good driver on acid. The kids don't do this at home. But <laughs> we should so, say. so I'm like, so I'm driving at this point. I, I'm also a good driver on acid, but I'm like, you know what? I think I could do this navigation thing. So I'm like, Robbie, you take the wheel. So we like pull off to the side of the road and we switch. And I, and I take the map and I'm looking at this map and I'm like, you know, there's this one road on here that doesn't have a name. But it's definitely on the map. Definitely. And if we and if we take this road, it'll take us across both state forests and spit us out into Roanoke. It's actually the shortest way, but it takes us through the entire national park. At this point, it's eleven thirty at night. There's no lights. It's pitch black. You can see every star in the sky, which at this point are moving around like they're actually are aliens. Sure. And so we're all like, "Yeah, let's do it." And so. 
to wrap this story up, we start going, we finally get to this road off of one of the quote unquote main roads. These aren't main roads. Yeah. These are, these are dirt roads, right? Oh, uh, with no one on them. Well, that's, that's Robbie's with no specialty. one on them. That's Robbie's specialty. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I get us onto this road. This is my road. Yeah. And, and Robbie's like, we, we drive on this road for like 20 minutes and Robbie turns, looks at me. He's like, dude, he's like, where are you taking us? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> but we got to this, we got like an hour onto this road and it was, we're so far in it now that we can't go back. Yeah. If anything was to happen to us out there, I'm, I'm saying I have been in very remote regions. I've been in the oldest rainforest on the planet in Thailand. I've been on mountains. I've been in deserts. I've been everywhere. Yeah. I've never felt such utter like lost desolation yeah. as I felt in the middle of this dark wilderness. Well, you're in a car. You're in a car. In and West Virginia acid. of so, all places. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, yeah, well, we got out. We would just make stops and we would like look around. We would stop yeah, at these yeah. like, strange lakes, like, these like crystal looking lakes that oh, were just cool. desolate and like, but the, the foliage was so dense and the roots were like twisting up out of the ground and like you could barely fit one car on this road. We didn't see anyone the entire drive through, but. Bumpy ride too. Because very bumpy ride, and there were there were a couple mailboxes we passed out there. That's and weird. like yeah. houses, and I was just like, how where where do you get your groceries? <laughs> like, they, those, if it's a national park, those are probably gas. Uh, yeah, right? Amazon, Amazon <laughs> <laughs> drone deliveries. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, um, dude. But uh, yeah, that's fucking that's fucking crazy. That's the one thing that I consistently hear from people from uh, Asia and Europe is that like the U.S. has like the best national parks, and they're so great. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. So great. Yeah, Especially we need more. Yeah, hell yeah. Nah, yeah. we need to deforest them. Anyway, this is our <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah, I, I think it was probably a good place. Yeah, to we should, yeah, yeah, yes, we should. Yeah, that's that's a good. That's like a callback, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. A little callback. You that was. Did. I saw what you did there. That was yeah, nice. That's good. That's a good touch. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a great story, Zach. Thank you. Um, and uh, that was a great episode. Thank you so much for coming on here, Zach. Thank you really. guys for having me on. It was an absolute. Yeah. It was awesome, joy. dude. Seriously, yeah. thanks for uh, thanks for coming. Yeah. If you have any plugs, you know, things yeah, you yeah, talk yeah. About. Pl- plug it. Oh, I guess I'll do one. All right. Yeah. Uh, check out my band. We're uh, we're a polka band. Uh, <laughs> no, we, we we play funk and rock and roll. We're called Gridline. Fuck yeah. You can find us at Gridline Jam. We play a lot in New York, but uh, hopefully more to come soon. Hopefully I love more. some funk, dude. I'd love to yeah. go see. Next summer, I want to see you guys in Montauk. Yeah. We're going to be playing there this Sunday, That's too. That's where you play? We play a lot out in Montauk. We, we've fuck been doing yeah. that more lately, but we play a lot. Um, dude, the fuck we've been doing? East and West Village and, uh, like, you know, Philly, Baltimore. Um, just like yeah. the East Coast yeah. scene. Yeah. Hell yeah. 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 But, yeah, so um, shameless cool. plug. There you go. Don't don't worry, we we asked for it. <laughs> um, cool. Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, you know this will be a good episode for probably our uh, main listeners. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, um, yeah, no, no, no. This is gonna be a main. I mean, this is gold. This is gold. This is going to the. I'm not not that the. I mean, so obviously the, right to the top. Obviously, the premium episodes are supposed to be quote unquote gold as well. But like, give me a break here. We're trying. <laughs> like, like, like people are on our backs. Well, there's that there's that little blooper we recorded a while ago. I'm gonna put that out as a as a preemie. And uh, um, you know, yeah, we got this is Pre-me. good. This is really solid. Last night's was really solid. I think they should both go out. And um, the one we did over the weekend was kind of shit. Maybe we should put that as a preemie. Cool. But but All then right. but then I tend to think those just you and me are shit, and then they get the most listens. So I don't fucking know. Whatever. We'll it's hard to tell sometimes. Yeah. You know? It is. Yeah. Well, maybe I just don't like it. Maybe I'm not the key audience. I don't even know. Exactly. We'll yeah. figure it out. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks. Uh, guys. Yeah. Have a good day.